Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life has a way of creating incredible things. The beautiful views from the top of some of the world's most tallest mountains, the creatures that survive in the deepest parts of the ocean, and the incredible, intelligent minds within our own species. Sometimes, though, the most beautiful things on Earth can turn incredibly dark in the blink of an eye. And humans are certainly not immune or an exception to this. Today, we talk about the disturbing case of Maddie Clifton. Her life was filled with endless possibilities, but in an instant, it would all come to an end in one of the most unbelievable ways possible. Maddie was only eight years old, and how her story unfolds will without a doubt break your heart. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. It's a rough case. Yeah, you've warned me a few times here. Well, I should warn everyone else. How's it going? Um, this case, heads up, it's a rough one and deals with um, children. Mm-hmm. So heads up on that real quick. Viewer or listener discretion. Listener discretion is advised. And uh, it's not our fault. It's not. This was requested by our patrons. Yes. They're they're glorious people, but they... Uh, <laughs> They like uh, they like their heavy true crime. Well, and they they want Maddie's story to be told. That's too. true. So they wanted us to help tell her story. So that's what we're doing today. Um, we actually put it to a vote over there. We're like, what do you guys want to listen to? Uh, we got a bunch of requests. We took the top liked requests, mm-hmm. put it to a vote, and the case of Maddie Clifton won out. Yeah, I honestly love letting them pick. It was actually fun. Yeah, it's actually I don't know. It makes me feel good. And we then do it's, it more often. We should takes the pressure off us to try to find cases lots of them know true crime better than us <laughs> that's true it's it's crazy how many people out there who listen to true crime yeah are so knowledgeable on so it so knowledgeable like they put us to shame it seems like but a lot of them because i think they're listening to podcasts the majority of their day at work and stuff that's right true. um so they learn a lot and they're just they're always hearing it that's so true it makes that's sense true. yeah um well maybe we'll head over after this and we'll put up another poll yeah. for what the next case should be. So if you want to have any say in that, head over to our Patreon link down below. Uh, all our links are down below in the description too. So, um, And speaking of Patreon, we need to thank the patrons that signed up last week. We have some newbies to thank. We do. So Samantha Noft, Heidi Torreson, 
there's some accents on that last name. So I really don't know if I got it right, but I'm really hoping I did. Um, Brittany Morasti, Judy Gull, and wait for it. Taco. Taco. I'm I really nice. not thinking that's a real name, but uh, you never still, know. I mean, that I'm would not, be a sweet name. I'm not judging. I'm just I don't think it's the most common. Yeah, we're uh, we're big uh, <laughs> big fans of tacos. Oh man, I love house. tacos. I'm talking like real Mexican tacos. I'm talking American Americanized <laughs> tacos, like just tacos. Yeah, tacos are the shit. We try to do Taco Tuesday, but it doesn't always happen. Tonight we had salmon, and it's Tuesday, so we had rice and salmon Tuesday. We failed. <laughs> Let's have Taco Wednesday, maybe. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um. So yeah, rough case. But before we get into the the bad news of that, I have one more thing I want to talk about. Okay, let's do it. The Wicked Box. Yes, all of our pieces have finally arrived. All but one, technically. Oh, I thought we had everything now. Well, we do, but we don't. So we're going to be doing two Wicked Box giveaways here coming soon. So pay attention for that. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about here. And what we're going to do, um, we'll be posting about it on our social media. So if you want information, follow us there. But there's one thing. We're going to give it all away. You'll go through the giveaway process. You'll win it. Once you win, then we'll request you for like a your shirt size. Right. Okay. We'll order in a shirt, add the shirt into the box, then we'll ship it out. Right. So it might be a little excess shipping time. You might be waiting a while. But that's only because you were ordering an awesome shirt. Yeah. We're ordering in a shirt. It's getting to us. Then we pack it. Then we ship it out. So yeah. we have to wait for shipping before we can ship. Exactly. Double shipping. It red, sucks, but. Red bubble isn't usually too bad though. They're not. They're not. Uh, so Yeah. That's a thing that's happening. That's so if you exciting. want information, go to the socials. You'll, you'll see it all. Yeah. Yeah. But without further ado, let's get into Maddie's I think case. we should. Let's do it. And as I mentioned, this does deal with children. So forewarned. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's rough. It's rough. I had to take a little extra time while researching this case because. Whew, yes, we are a day late. We apologize for that. Yes. So sometimes it happens, but I mean, we are an independent uh, podcast. So sometimes it happens. We don't have a big budget studio or anything. We're in our tiny home. We're in our freaking tiny home studio. On our kitchen counter. <laughs> and with a dog at our feet. And I'm looking at a freaking messy kitchen that I it's need true. to probably do the dishes after this. You left the rice vinegar out. I really did. I am. I have a bad habit of that. I leave shit out all the time. You do. Ben has to like clean up after me in that aspect, but I clean up after you in a lot of aspects. That's true. That's true. We, That's we, married we life. complement each other well. Yeah. Hashtag My marriage. thing is I'm always picking up dirty clothes right off the floor, right in front of the hamper. Malarkey. Yeah. Malarkey. I will Okay. Pick, if you pick them up off the floor in front of the hamper, that's because I'm starting a pile for me to wash. I'm starting a load for me to wash. Well, that's the point of the hamper. Yeah, but it's mixed in with all your clothes. And I don't have to like dump it out and dig through it. And oh, I don't wash word. your clothes okay. because I'm going to wash them wrong and shrink something. Let's get going here. <laughs> this is the wicked and grim married life. <laughs> God. Okay. On to Maddie Clifton. So Maddie was born on July 17th, 1990. She was born in Jacksonville, Florida, and she was born a true 90s kid. At the age of eight, her favorite things were to play piano and basketball and hang out with her 11-year-old big sister, Jessica. The girls were best friends. Sometimes they just hang out together and watch movies or TV where Jessica said that Maddie always rooted for the underdog or like the kind of ugly kind of character. Uh, Jessica at one point in an interview uh, said, I quote, she'd root for the scary people 
or scary things because she didn't like the idea of people or things feeling lonely or being isolated. Oh my gosh, we're a minute in and I'm already out. Right? Coming from a child. And also I didn't realize she had a sister that was her best friend. Good God. Yeah. Okay. So the more than that, more than just TV, one of the things that Maddie just couldn't get enough of was playing outside. The true 90s kid, right? Mm -hmm. The Clifton family lived in a small, tight-knit community where the neighborhood kids all played together at the end of a cul-de-sac. Love that. So on November 3rd, 1998, Maddie came home from school. It was just like any other day. She was ready and raring to go outside, play, go do her thing. She did her piano practice and almost waited right on the front doorstep for her mom to get home, her mom, Sheila, and kind of let her go play, like allow her to go, right? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to get the parents' permission sometimes. Right, and she sounds like a busy little girl. Oh, definitely. I like it. I mean, gets home, piano practice, ready to go, like, do sports and shit outside. Yeah, awesome. So, now, Sheila was usually home by the time her two daughters were off from school, but this day was apparently election day, and she got had gone off to cast her vote before coming home, so on and so forth, right? Uh, okay. So, by the time she did get home, uh, Maddie basically burst through the front door, said hello, told her mother she was going to go play with the other kids and that she'd be back, back by dinner time. Like it was a whole rush. Like, oh, no, hi, mom, I'm going to go, blah, blah, blah. She was like bursting at the seams. <laughs> exactly. She was so excited to go play. Oh my gosh. And her mom, you know, when your kid's doing that, it's it, you can't help but laugh at it, you know? <laughs> sure, go ahead, have fun, right? Yeah. Typical kid, typical day. Well, the kids just grow up so fast. You got to keep them... Like have them have their childhood as long as they can. That's, That's really true. sweet and pure. And I feel like some kids these days are almost robbed of their childhood nowadays with, with too many video games and stuff. Electronics which and stuff. Which it yeah. could just be a generational gap in my opinion. I don't know, but there's there's something about that nostalgia and just running outside and playing. Mm-hmm. I know for me when I was a kid, it was I'd run home, get on my bike, and then I'd bike down the road and meet my friends at the creek. And we'd play at the creek for like an hour. And I'd always... Always, I always thought I was being clever, but I would stay like an extra half an hour. <laughs> my parents would give me trouble for being late, but I would turn my watch back and say, no. Uh, are you serious? I did it all the time. I don't think I knew this. Yeah, I did it all the time. Clearly they knew I was fucking with my watch, but. Oh my gosh, that is freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so after Maddie went out to go play, she was later seen hitting golf balls a little further down the street uh, with one of the neighbors before she said that she needed to go pick up some more and headed back towards her house to pick up some more of these golf balls. Okay. But that was the last place anyone could put her that evening. She wasn't seen anywhere else. It was just her heading back to her house to get more golf balls. Correct. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it was by five o'clock. Maddie still hadn't come back home for dinner. So her mom, Sheila, was out there calling Maddie and she asked Jessica, hey, have you seen Maddie? And Jessica was like, no, I haven't seen her out there. I haven't seen her for a while. Didn't realize she was still out there. I thought she'd come home. Hey. Yeah. And as a parent, your freaking heart just sinks to the goddamn ground. Exactly. Though I don't think she was panicking just yet. Not quite yet, but you're probably, you're starting. Yeah. So she realized that no one has really seen Maddie. She's starting to ask around and that's when that knot starts to build up. Mm -hmm. She starts knocking on doors, asking people if they've seen Maddie. No one has seen her. So eventually she called the police and all hell broke loose on the usually quiet street 
in Jacksonville. Oh my gosh, that just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Hate this. Before the police were called, it kind of started out with just some some of the neighbors kind of looking around the neighborhood calling, hey, Maddie, Maddie, that sort of thing. Yeah. But it was by about 6.33 p.m. that uh, people started getting more and more in the streets and by the time she called the police. Oh, so. my gosh. And eventually, from just some of the people at the end of the cul-de-sac and police, the few people it started out as started turning into almost hundreds Good. of people searching. See, that kind of thing does... It just kind of has a light that there's humans can be good. Like they're, they can be good. That's true. Right. That's because true. Because lots of times we're just talking about how shitty some people are and there's a lot of shitty people out there. But then when it comes to some, a child missing and like hundreds of people are appearing and helping and what can I do? Like that's, that's good. It is. It's always nice to see, especially when it's, uh, I like it when it's not a tight knit community come together for something. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to get me wrong here, like a tight knit community coming together for something is great, but it's when there's differences and people don't get along and they put those differences aside for something. That's when it's truly for amazing. the greater good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So just like I talked in the, the intro of this, there's some amazing things in this world, but unfortunately with good must come evil. There's a flip side of the coin with mm-hmm. light. There's dark. Mm-hmm. There's also not so good things in this world. Yes. So everyone was beginning to look for Maddie as the sun was setting. Her older sister, Jessica, and a neighborhood boy named Joshua Phillips were even riding their bike through the streets, screaming Maddie's name in a desperate attempt to find her. Even their grouchy, drunken neighbor, Steve Phillips, and his family had gotten to work. Steve being um, Joshua's father. Okay. People were searching the area as the light went out. Police were around with flashlights. They were handing out flyers. The FBI even eventually got involved. The National Guard even eventually sent in troops to walk oh through sewer systems even, looking for Maddie over the coming days. Holy, so good. Yeah. But also, like, this doesn't seem like it's this is out of her character. Like, I don't think she just went missing. No. Out of the blue like this. No, definitely not. And everyone knew this because those hours turned into days and still no Maddie. Her family was worried to the core, just begging for their daughter to be returned home safely because the assumption was she was taken. Yeah. Yeah. So the family worked around the clock. They even began living with police officers in their house and the press, of course, right outside their front door. Mm -hmm. They constantly did press interviews in hopes that they could say something that would get Maddie found. Maybe something that would have someone come forward. And there was even a reward of $100,000 that went up uh, for anyone who could provide information that would lead to Maddie's safe return home. Wow. That is a good reward, eh? It is. Really good to just like have that. I mean, it. I don't think those rewards always necessarily come from the family. No, I don't right? think this one yeah. did, if I'm being honest. Because I think lots of times it's coming from the authorities as well, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. But even still with the reward, there was nothing. nothing no one came eh? forward. They had no idea where she was. Jeez. Holy. And it would be on November 10th. When Clifton's were wrapping up another interview with the press that they were notified, they found Maddie. Okay. And how many days was this? Six days. Six days. Holy. Six, six days, days that of had agony. And they found Maddie. Okay. They ha- found Maddie. How was she? Well, to give the story and how Maddie was found, we're going to start talking about Melissa Phillips. Okay. The, the wife of that 
drunken neighbor, drunken grouchy neighbor guy, right? Okay. Who, the family who, went out looking. still came out and helped. Yeah. Melissa came bursting out her front door, panic stricken and shaking. She raced to one of the officers at the Clifton's house across the road, not really able to say anything, only kind of really able to indicate that they should follow her. But no one was ready for what Melissa had to show them. Okay, my goosebumps are forming again. Holy shit. The officer quickly called for backup and followed the hysterical woman into her house. Oh my gosh, why? Immediately, a smell hit them in the face. Oh my gosh. And the smell made their stomachs turn. A smell many officers and investigators oh. know all too well. Yeah, okay. The smell of rot and the smell of death. Shit. Yeah. Okay. But may okay, I'm just still just waiting here. I think I don't know, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Melissa took them into a bedroom and pointed at something. She couldn't speak and she refused to enter the bedroom. She could only point at the bed frame through the door of the bedroom. She was pointing at a small white sock on a child's foot sticking out <gasps> from under the bed frame. No. In a matter of seconds, the house was swarming with officers and together they lifted the mattress off the bed frame, revealing the rotting body stuffed oh. inside the bed frame. It what? was Maddie. The fuck? Yeah. Holy shit. I don't even know what to say. It's rough. Okay. Where was her body found? Sorry. Stuffed. It's kind of hard to describe. I under a bed. It was under. Okay. Cause I'm going to talk about this here shortly. It's a water bed. Okay. So the water bed is kind of like boxed in. So you kind of have to almost lift up the mattress, kind of pull apart the bed frame to get under this, um, section of the bed that's closed off holy shit and that's where maddie was found okay and judging by how hysterical the mother was i'm assuming this was news to her definitely holy now when they revealed maddie's body she was nude from the waist down and had clearly been stabbed multiple wow. times Okay, and holy shit, this is, I'm just processing this. This was across the fucking street. Yep. I'm processing this very slowly. I'm sorry, but holy shit. Okay, sorry. Yeah, she was. I might interrupt again because I'm just like, my brain is very slow to process this. She was across the street this whole time, these past six days with everyone searching, with news, with police. She was there. Wow. And it wasn't long after being discovered that the Cliftons were notified and they were told that she had been found right across the street from her home. Oh my gosh. In fact, they were just finishing up that interview yep. for TV when they were notified. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like just, they must've just been ill, like just sick to their friggin' stomachs. Oh, there's no way I can even begin to process no. the thoughts going in their head. No. The thoughts even of Melissa who found Maddie in her home. Yeah. So this. When I'm sure rough. it was heavy on her heart big time too. I yeah. mean, this was happening across the fucking street. Oh yeah. So. So where's your mind going with this? What do you think happened? Well, who lives in this house? Am I allowed to ask that? There's a family of three. The mother, the father, the son. The son was the one who was out biking with Jessica, 
Maddie's sister, looking for Maddie that evening. And then the, and the dad was out there looking as well. The dad was out there. He's the grumpy drunk. Oh, And the mother man. was out there as well. All three were searching. Am I even going to be able to guess what happened? Like, I don't freaking know. This doesn't well, make any sense. Well, let's not put you in that position then. Let's move forward. Okay. Because okay? I might, what if I guess something worse? Or let yeah, let's just go on okay. here. Okay. Well, Melissa, the one who brought police into her home, revealing Maddie. Okay. Had calmed down enough, managed to calm down enough to explain what had happened to the police. She told them that she had been cleaning her son's room while he was at school. Okay. The room oh, where she was found. Oh, shit. I'm really slow tonight. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Now, her son's name was Joshua Phillips, the same boy, like I said, who had helped search riding his bike through the neighborhood the same night Maddie was missing, went missing. Now, Joshua was, Joshua was born March 17th, 1984, making him 14 years old. He was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but he and his family had moved to Jacksonville in the early 90s. Joshua was known for being a bit of a quiet kid, not really like awkward, just kind of quiet. He was easily able to make friends, kind of fit in wherever he went sort of thing, but a little on the quiet side. But when he did decide to speak up, he usually did have something that would make both adults and children laugh. He was kind of like a funny, funny outgoing kid, but kind of almost chose to be quiet, it seemed like. Okay. So maybe it was a sense of humor, but for whatever reason, um, he and 11-year-old Jessica were best friends. Jessica was Maddie's sister, or they were really good friends. Okay. Whether they were best friends or not is hard to describe, but they were really close and really good friends. So outside of her family, Jessica didn't have a whole lot of friends. It was mostly just her sister and Joshua. The two of them, Joshua and Jessica, spent a lot of time together, usually outside playing on the streets, you know, in the neighborhood or outside the Clifton's house. Now, neither of Maddie's parents thought there was anything really strange going on. There is a little bit more of a dynamic that I've heard um, of there being some incidents where they got a little bit uncomfortable and they told him like, yeah, you can't be hanging around anymore. Um, apparently he stole a picture out of her bedroom or something and he had a bit of a crush on Jessica maybe. Oh, but okay, I see. none of that has really been proven. So okay. I don't really want to touch on that too much. But this, the possibility is there. The possibility is definitely there. Okay. Yeah. And they were, they were also just happy that Jessica had actually found a friend too. Because mm -hmm. she, like I said, didn't really have much for friends at school. Well, I mean, it's right in the neighborhood too. They can kind of keep an eye on it. Exactly. A little closer, exactly. Right? He was a little bit older, she being 11 and he being 14. But, you know, still, mm -hmm. like you say, you can keep an eye on it. That's okay. Yeah. And it didn't really matter to them like that Joshua was a bit quiet especially because they knew that maybe he had reasons for not wanting to draw attentions to himself because his father, mm -hmm. his father plays a very large dynamic in the story, actually. So you said that his father was like an alcoholic? Yes. Steve Phillips. He was a very strict individual and a bit of a drunk. The stories on his um, substance consumption, again, also varies. But some reports say that he took a bit of aggression out on his wife and his teenage son, oh, Joshua. Wow. Again, reports do vary, but the majority of the ports, reports do seem to be around the lines of emotional and verbal abuse. Not okay. Yeah. And this was his legitimate father, right? Correct. Okay. So like I said, Josh was a bit quiet, but overall, pretty good kid. He didn't do particularly well in high school, but he was studying to work with computers and he had a knack for it. 
He also took care of his dog, but whenever the moment struck, his dad would still find reason to get angry at his son and take out whatever anger he had. Wow. Well, he could have been like a mean drunk, right? Sometimes people completely change when they're under the influence of alcohol. That's true. And a lot of times people say that the true you comes out during um, alcohol consumption, inebriation, yep. Yep. Um, which just goes to show, I mean, I'm a happy drunk. <laughs> I, I slur a lot. Yeah, you do. Actually. <laughs> I, my, my eyebrows get higher and higher on my forehead too, the more I drink. And you talk a shit ton. I don't shut like up. Like you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I'm happy. <laughs> if that's the worst of it, I think I think we're good. Yeah, so this this guy wasn't quite on that level. No, no, definitely not. Complete flip side of the coin. So he had actually made up like a very strict and somewhat nonsensical rules for the house for Joshua and his wife, Melissa, to follow. The wife too, hey? Yeah. He was a very controlling individual. Wow. Yeah. Almost like he was just trying to set them up and waiting for them to trip so he could have some sort of excuse in his mind, a legitimate excuse, but definitely not, but still an excuse to lash out at them. So Josh had to act and be a certain way oh as gosh. often as he had to, I as he could. I freaking hate that. Yeah, it's not fun. No. Especially for someone so young too. And we see that time and time again that abuse like that really affects these kids in major ways. Oh, yeah. It, that would affect someone for the rest of their life. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I mean, he is at home learning how to... Oh, how do you even explain this? Like changing his behaviors to make someone else happy or not upset. Yeah. And that literally will be how he will spend a lot, like the rest of his life. Yeah. Trying to please people so that shit doesn't go astray. Exactly. And remember that, what you just said. Oh gosh. Okay. Great. Great. I always say things and you're like, remember what you just said. <laughs> remember who you are. Oh, that was man. my impression of Mufasa there. I don't know if you <laughs> caught on to that. I did. Um, anyways, so Joshua was also only allowed to play with other neighborhood kids if his dad was home. Okay. Then maybe he let them play in the house even, but even still, it was pretty rare. But only when he was home and no under, under no other circumstances. The idea of... Josh hanging around with younger girls didn't sit well with Steve either. And being Jessica's best friend, it got Josh in a lot of trouble. Really? Hey, especially because wherever Jessica went, Maddie was sure to follow. And Steve had a real problem seeing the three of them together. So a 14 year old year old boy hanging out with an 11 year old girl and an eight year old girl. I can understand some of the negative impressions on that. Don't get me wrong. I really can. But also, Kids generally are pretty innocent. He's probably just trying to almost protect his son. I think. That, there's a real possibility of that. Yeah. But just because his intentions were good doesn't mean the way he's going about no. it is good. No, not at all. Well, and a lot of time too, when you enforce rules like, oh, you can't play unless I'm home. The kid's going to play when you're not home just despite you. And hide it. Yeah. So. Exactly. And that's what Josh kind of tried to do. He tried to hide the situation as best as he could. His friendship with Jessica and, and hanging out with Maddie too, right? Aww. So he wasn't about to turn his back on his best friend. So hiding it is what he did. So he did do his best to cover his tracks. 
you know, hide everything from his father. And maybe that's why they had such a strong relationship. Um, Joshua was 14, looking at it from Jessica's perspective, it must have felt pretty nice to have an older boy there for you to be your emotional support, especially when he was willing to face his angry father mm -hmm. just to do it. Yeah. Especially when you don't have very many friends at school. Yeah, I honestly would not have thought of that. Right. I mean, we don't really know what Jessica felt towards Joshua. And as I did mention, there were rumors that Joshua had some feelings towards Jessica. It could have been reciprocated too. We don't know. Eleven's mm -hmm. pretty young though. It is. So. So it, that history aside for now, he was a teenage boy. And this is what his mother explained to the police that were swarming the inside of his house, oh. their house with Maddie laying under I almost his forgot bed. about that. Okay. So it's more than a little predictable that we'd have a few things stashed away in our room as a teenage teenager, especially a 14 year old teenage boy, right? Things that might, who, who knows, make your room stink. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not to mention Josh had three pet birds. So on occasion, his room would be disastrous. It would begin to stink. And usually it was from this unkept bird cage. Okay. So, so a smell wouldn't have really necessarily alarmed the mom right away. Exactly. And yeah. that's what she's trying to explain. She thought the smell was the birdcage, his room getting oh, out of control. Gosh, that's, that's something there. Yeah. So she began to tell her son that he needs to clean his room. Oh, and man. eventually any parent and teenage can attest to, it might've come time to, I mean, eventually get clean, but some butting of heads might've occurred, you know, arguing, I'm not going to clean my room, whatever. Right. But it would have come down. She needs to pester Josh. And that's what she did for the next few days. Getting his room to, to clean. It's starting to smell awful and worse and worse as the days go on. Josh's fix during those days consisted of things like incense and Febreze and Glade plugins. What the fuck did he think was going to happen? Yeah. Okay. So on this day... While he was at school, Josh's mom had enough. Mm -hmm. She took matters into her own hands as it was getting out of control. Well, the whole house is probably just starting to reek. Exactly. She went in there that day and grabbed all his laundry, cleaning everything she could, and all the while looking for what was making the smell. Oh my gosh. Wasn't the clothes, the birdcage, no dirty dishes or moldy food was making any sort of smell that she could even come close to thinking was what she was smelling. None of it was the answer. She just couldn't find it. But then she saw a wet patch on the carpet right beside Joshua's bed, and she knew she had it. Josh, as I mentioned earlier, had a waterbed. When Melissa saw this wet patch, she figured the waterbed must be leaking and was making the floorboards rot, the carpet rot, and it was mold, mildew. That must be what she's smelling, this rotting, wet carpet. God, I can't even hardly listen to this. So working through the stench, she first tried to find the spot on the mattress that was leaking. And that's when she noticed the side of Josh's bed had been taped up. She assumed it was a miserable attempt to stop the water from leaking out of the bed as she peeled away the tape to investigate, and it became apparent that it, the tape wasn't covering up the mattress itself, but more below it and onto the bed frame. Oh my gosh. So why teenagers do what they do sometimes is beyond adults, and this was no exception in this moment. She was puzzled as to what was going on and why there was tape on the bed frame, but she pushed through 
removed the tape and moved the mattress aside enough where she could look inside the void of the bed frame where the tape was blocking off. Now, immediately, she saw a white sock. Gosh. She reached forward oh. and grabbed it, oh. thinking it was stuff he had shoved under his bed, dirty clothes. But it seemed to be stuck on something. Oh, man. So she went and grabbed a flashlight so she could get a better look at what was going on. She took the flashlight, leaned forward with the flashlight in hand, and once again grabbed the sock. <laughs> and it was in this moment she felt something. Mm. It felt like a cold foot inside the sock. And as she flinched back in panic, she got a quick glimpse as the light flicked into the oh. darkness under the bed and she saw Maddie's lifeless body. Good God. This is almost like makes you unwell. It's not pretty. That is, that's too much. It's too much. I can't imagine finding that, let alone in my own house. Yeah. Let alone under my own 14-year-old son's bed. Yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I know we. I, there's so many things. It's like in that moment, what would that person be thinking? But the just horror. I think you just like almost go into shock and I, blackout. I, I don't think she would have really been thinking at all. I think she she just had this horror and she knew who and what was occurring and just reacted. Yeah. I think it was a reflex. She ran ran from the house, ran to get one of the officers because the neighborhood was still flooded with officers, mm -hmm. right? Especially over at their house, the Clifton's house. So she got the officers, brought them over to her house, and that leads us to where we left off. Wow. Yeah. You know, you would almost wonder, I feel like, I mean, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but some parents, like, I don't know if they would just right away go to the police. That's true. Like, I think that there would be some people out there that would continue to hide this to protect their son. That's, that's Which is not right. No, it's not right. But it's, you're right. It is a very high possibility that some individuals would, yeah. would do that. And and doesn't seem like she even kind of thought that way at all. Just like, oh my gosh, like, let's go get the police. Yes. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, if you look at it in this perspective, one family lost their child and she had a decision to turn her own child in mm -hmm. and- Definitely not the same shoes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing the families, but both families are in a way losing their child. Yeah. And she made that decision. Because I almost wonder if it would have been the same if the dad found it. That's a good question. I don't know. Because just kind of understanding what he's like, I could see that kind of individual going about hiding this and protecting their son. Oh, snap. And that they would, would probably just bury the body and kind of carry on with their. Would he be the kind of guy to protect his son though? Are you thinking like the, 
the whole like masculinity part where he's trying to show his son love, but it's just really tough love. No, I think it would be protecting his son to a degree because I think he does have that there in a little bit, but also protecting the family and protecting the name, the family's name. Maybe he might so might also be his anger and this sort of stuff could be yeah. out of resentment, and maybe he would be happy at the chance to yeah. be rid of his son. I don't know why my mind went there, but it did, and I, I no, that, felt that's like a I very good point to speak up. Wow, I don't know which way his father would have gone. Yeah. That's it, a wow. Okay. It'd be an interesting. I mean, we'll never know. No, but. we won't ever know. Um, anyways, moving on. The mystery of where Maddie went had now been solved, but it brought up a whole slew of other questions that came with it. So to get to that, investigators would have to go find Joshua. So they went to find him where he was that same day, that same moment. They tracked him down at school okay. where he was arrested and escorted out of the building, leaving his classmates cool. and teachers in absolute disbelief. Well, yeah. Especially because everyone in the area knew of this case. Mm -hmm. Oh man, you, that would be the last, per, like the last kind of individual that you would think would be, yeah. would be getting arrested for this. Well, when you think of a child missing, Generally, you think of an individual driving a vehicle, snatching a kid, and driving away, mm -hmm. let alone the 14-year-old neighbor. neighbor. Neighbor boy. Um, so once in cuffs, once arrested, it did not take police long to get a full confession out of what he'd done. Wow. I mean, I, that doesn't honestly surprise me at all. No. I don't think he'd go about hiding this. No. Well, I mean, he did initially try. But I, oh, did he? Oh, I, by hiding it under the bed. Duh. Yes. <laughs> Duh. I get it. Um, but I'm very intrigued what the fuck happened here. Like, what happened? Well, Joshua's explanation is this. Okay. And I don't think you're ready for it. Okay. <clears throat> Josh explained that on that evening, only six days before Maddie was found, mm -hmm. that Maddie had come over and asked Joshua to play. This, it's not mentioned in in Josh's confession because, I mean, he wasn't part of it, but this would have been around the time Maddie went home to get more golf balls. Oh, she most likely okay. would have decided, I don't want to play golf anymore. And she saw Josh outside and she went over to him to play instead. I'm going to see what Josh is doing. So Josh had been home alone doing his list of chores that he was tasked with at the time. And he knew his parents were due back soon. And he didn't want to get caught playing with Maddie especially by his father. Mm -hmm. But he said that Maddie asked once and he turned her away and he kept on doing his chores. And I believe at this time he was raking leaves or something because he had quite the list of chores. He had something like 20 chores that his dad would task him with like every day. Holy shit. Now, mind you, some of these chores are pretty menial tasks like feed the dog, right? Uh, okay. I think, it was more, I think it was more so means of keeping him busy in the time when he gets home from school from when the parents get home. Uh, okay. Which I, I totally understand. I know, but I was like, if I got like one or two chores, I'd be like, what the fuck? That's too much. <laughs> I, I mean, mind you, I don't think I had a list of like 20 chores, but I definitely had some more chores when I was a kid. Um, I also had lots of freedoms. There were certain days where I had more chores than others, like that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I totally understand the the concept of chores, you know, keeping your kid out of trouble when you're no. not there. Yeah. So that's lots of times it comes with getting a little bit of an allowance too. Oh yeah. And he is 14. So responsibility is something that he's definitely needing to learn. Yeah, right? exactly. So, but he said, Maddie asked once he turned her away. 
kept on doing her chores. And then shortly later, she came back and asked again, asked if he wanted to play baseball. And he decided she wasn't going to give up and it couldn't hurt to play at least just for a little while. Oh, and well, he probably wanted to desperately play too. Probably. So like this kind of just is hurting my heart a little. Well, the two began playing baseball. They were taking turns throwing and swinging the ball. But shortly after it all began, Maddie threw the ball and Josh batted. But when he hit the ball, it ended up hitting Maddie just above the eye, giving her a large gash and the girl burst into tears. Now, the two didn't have a large area to play in. So Joshua said that they were standing not very far apart, which would, of course, dramatically increase the risk of getting struck by the ball when hit, right? Absolutely. So Josh then said that he didn't know what to do. He started to panic and he couldn't get Maddie to stop crying or bleeding. Josh didn't want his dad to come home and find an eight-year-old girl crying in in his property, especially with a gash when Josh is supposed to be doing his chores. Oh, my gosh. So first thing Josh did was get Maddie into the house and up to his room. He's panicking. He's hoping to find something there that he could help stop the bleed and calm Maddie down. But Maddie just kept crying. Well, because she's fucking hurt. Yes. It was already a big no-no that Josh had agreed to play with her. But it was a very big no-no that he now had brought her into the house, too. Oh, but I mean, he could have just brought her home across the street. But he was panicking because he wasn't even allowed to play from the start. Right, and then, okay, the parents would see. Okay. So Josh, panicking, not knowing what to do, did the only thing he could, the only thing he could think of to get Maddie to stop crying. And he began covering her mouth and trying to keep her as quiet as he could in hopes that she would stop. Jeez. But she didn't. In fact, I'm actually willing to bet that it made it worse. Yeah, she's probably scared shitless. Yeah. I mean, she's an eight-year-old girl, hurt, bleeding, and most likely concussed. And now she's alone in a room with a much older, larger boy who is forcefully- Not helping her. Not helping her. Forcefully trying to convince her to shut her mouth while she is crying in pain. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So things are beginning to get out of hand. Yeah. Quickly. Very. I can I can see this. Either way though, whether she was getting more and more afraid or not, Josh's plan was not working. Maddie kept squirming and crying loudly. He didn't know what else to do. He didn't know how to get her quiet. So, he reached for the baseball bat that the two had been using to play. And he raised it over his head and began striking her repeatedly until she wasn't crying anymore. What the actual fuck? Yeah. That is mind blowing. How fucked up is that? That that is literally the only outcome that you come up with in your fucking mind? Yeah. To just like start. Okay. Okay. Now I do want to mention this. Josh did say that he struck Maddie with the baseball bat. Forensics, crime scene investigators were able to find blood spatter on Joshua's ceiling fan in his room, indicating that an overhead swing with the bat was what was occurring. The first hit would have gotten the blood on the bat. And as he drew back to get ready for a second Uh. or multiple more swings after that, is when blood would have flicked off the end of the bat up to the ceiling fan. Okay, this is 
And okay, like this is literally how Maddie is dying. I can't. Like <laughs> that's bad. Holy shit. I told you this is a rough case. Yeah, I um okay. Okay, so he's he's okay. Yep. You good? Yep. Well, ready? no. Well, I know you're not good, but are you ready to keep going? Yeah. Okay. Well, according to Joshua, after Maddie went quiet, he quickly opened up his bed frame and shoved her under the bed and washed up in the bathroom. And only Shit. moments later, his parents came home. Oh my God. So Joshua left his room, came downstairs and spent a little bit of time with his parents. And once he realized that they hadn't figured out that Maddie was upstairs, he left them, went back up to try and figure out what to do next. And when Joshua got back to his room, Maddie wasn't crying, but he did hear her again. She was whimpering from underneath oh. his bed. Joshua knew if she kept it up, it wouldn't take any time at all for his parents to figure out that someone was in his room. So Josh frantically pulled open the bed frame and took his Leatherman knife from his bookshelf and began stabbing Maddie in the chest seven times, as well as cutting her throat. He pushed her back under the bed and hoped no one would find out. Hmm. And by this time, <laughs> the search for Maddie was already underway. And then he just hops on his fucking bike and goes looking for her. Yeah. Keeping up the charade. He left his house with his parents to partake in the search. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. He's 14. But I'm like, is that literally how a 14-year-old thinks? I don't know. I just, I can't comprehend that. That I, that is literally, his, the, that is what he thinks his only option is. Yeah, that's that's a big problem with this is sure things snowball. Sure, people panic. However, to that degree. Yeah, like that. I almost I just have to I think there's something slightly like I'm I don't know how to word this. I, <laughs> I'm spiraling now, but there has to be something wrong with like his how he thinks I'm thinking there might be. But up until this point. There was pretty much nothing. Okay. And that came out so poorly. I apologize. That's but okay. I'm a little bit, um, yeah. Now, once investigations did begin, there was some reports of some pretty violent and graphic pornography found on his computer, which could point to be an indicator on this. Wow. However, because she was to say? found naked, wasn't she? Her underwear and pants were removed, yes. Why? That doesn't make any sense. So did he like rape her we'll touch on that part here a okay. little bit later wow yeah well everyone was shocked to hear josh's story just as shocked as you if not more i'm sure mm -hmm. and they were actually shocked as well because they'd missed maddie in the first place they'd searched the phillips house before they searched houses on the street oh. they'd actually searched the neighborhood and they'd searched this house, a total of three times in those six days Seriously? that Maddie was missing. 
They had like a feeling that she was in there or something. They were just searching houses nearby. But I mean, he, the kid hit her pretty well. Yeah. Now. They're not going to be lifting fucking mattresses probably. I don't know how extensive it would be. During the search though, they did notice the smell. But at that time it wasn't strong enough. They talked to the mom. Thought it was the birdcage. Yeah. Oh, what's that smell? The mom says, oh, he just needs to clean his room. That birdcage is getting to be a mess. <laughs> okay. This is almost just, it's, yeah. Like, it's just, I, I mean, it makes sense how this just spiraled. It's unbelievable. It's still not an excuse. It's no. still fucking horrific. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. This should never have happened. I, I am trying to almost think back to how I thought as a 14 year old, but then grant you like my, my situation was different. Like I didn't have this abusive father, but I I just, I'm struggling with literally thinking that someone would think that is their only option. I can't get over that. I don't think I'll ever get over that. I don't think I could ever get on that same level of thought either. Like that is fucked up. It's super fucked up. And that's why I'm like, I'm wondering if like something else is wrong here. Well, you have to think Joshua Killed someone. Yeah. So he is weighing his reprimandation from his parents equal to the life of another. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Is he he literally afraid that his parents are going to kill him? Like, literally? Or I almost wonder, I mean, if he wasn't just thinking it through, I don't think he was thinking it through either. I mean, did he not think that this body was going to like smell? But I mean, I guess he probably has no experience with something like that whatsoever. No. Um, and later, like authorities did ask him what his plan was, like how, what he, what yeah. he going to do with her? And yeah. he's just like, I, I don't know. So he had no plan. He had no plan. He did not know what he was doing. Oh. Um, yeah. I'll talk about this a little bit later. I'm, I'm going to, I'm actually going to write this in my notes right now. So I don't forget. Hold on. Okay. I've gotten it written down. I, I won't forget it. So remember this pot because we're going to touch on it later. Okay. Sounds good. So moving on though, once authorities had Josh in custody, Josh never denied killing Maddie um, until later on in court when he would plead not guilty, but that's through other means and reasons. Like for example, it could be um, insanity or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's reasons and doors to keep open when pleading not. And I imagine he was probably directed. Yes, I'm sure he was. Yeah. Uh, So he did not deny killing Maddie. Now, an autopsy did quickly reveal that there were some inconsistencies in his story. The biggest, which you pointed out er earlier, was the fact that Maddie wasn't wearing any pants or underwear. Well, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And she was still wearing her socks, but was nude from the waist down. Now, there were no signs of sexual assault. Okay, that's good. But the only explanation Josh could give for why Maddie was missing her clothes was that they'd come off while he was dragging her into the house. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. No. I kind of, I mean, this is disturbing as fuck, but I bet you he was just like curious. I kind of bet you he just looked or something. I, that's, I think that's my thought too, but like that makes me fucking sick to think that. Oh yeah, it's disgusting. This whole thing is fucking disgusting. Yes. Especially considering most likely that curiosity came post-mortem. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would think so too. Fuck, that's hard mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> Anyways, the prosecution couldn't make any sexual offense charges stick, um, but they had enough to charge him with first degree murder and they tried Josh as an adult. His trial had been moved a county halfway across the state because it was way too widely known in Jacksonville and the courts were concerned of the integrity of the jury. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa here. I'm actually surprised by the first degree. He's being tried as as an adult. In first as degree. first degree murder though, isn't that like it's like planned? I think first degree is is like planned or willfulness or something like that. I think is the exact definition. Do you want me to look it up? Sure. I mean, I guess okay. there would have been many attempts for him to stop doing what he was doing. But I, for some reason, was kind of more so expecting a, a manslaughter or something because – uh, like we said, it was just kind of spiraling and manslaughter, I believe is like out of your control. Like your car is out of control and you are drunk and you hit someone with your vehicle. I think that's more along the lines of manslaughter. Uh, first degree murder is the intentional killing of another person by someone who is actually acted willfully, deliberately, or with planning. Okay. See, I was thinking first degree is more so planning and this to me was not planned, but no. But it was he, willful or deliberate. He had many opportunities to stop what the fuck he was doing. I mean, even the fact that I guess he did beat her with the bat and then later friggin' stab her. Yeah. Oh, like that would have been like uh, probably an hour later. Yeah. Now, there's one more piece actually I didn't put into this and I wasn't going to mention it, but this is a good spot to say it. During uh, her autopsy, there was her hands were were bound and bags wrapped around them from the, the the CSI investigators, right? Which they often do to see if defensive wounds, DNA in her fingernails. So they're preserving the hands, right? So they'll tie the hands up, put a bag over them to preserve whatever evidence is mm, on her hands. Okay. With her hands was a bracket from the bed frame. There was four brackets under the bed. One of them was missing. One of them was with her hands, which most likely suggests in the time of her first beating with the bat between then and when she was taken out and stabbed the second time or attacked the second time and stabbed, she was trying to escape no. with means of this bracket. Wow. Okay. That's hard as hell. Yes. Hmm. So Josh had his day in court a year later. It was without a doubt a trial to remember the defense called no witnesses, banking everything on the lawyer and their closing statements. And because of that, the trial only lasted two days. Joshua's lawyer, basically, to sum it all up, claimed that the abuse Joshua had experienced at the hand of his father had led him to panic and essentially just make a big mistake. The jury disagreed, and after only two hours of deliberation, they found him guilty of first-degree murder. The judge then sentenced Joshua with the maximum sentence available to a minor and sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Hmm. Wow. And that should have been that. That's but, not that? But. Oh, for the love of God. This a, is just going to continue on, isn't it? Well, a change in law. Of course. Put that entire conviction on shaky grounds. As we have mentioned in other cases, this very same law, in 2012, the Supreme Court ruled it unconstitutional to sentence minors to life sentences without the possibility mm -hmm. of parole. Mm -hmm. 
And this meant that Josh's case would get another day in court. Holy heck. Please tell me that he's still in jail. And had to wait until 2017. Okay. And Josh would appear in court again. Yep. Now the poor family is having to freaking go through the shit again. Exactly. Which my heart goes to them. It's yep. terrible. Yep. So Josh now being an adult, an educated paralegal, by the way, where now he actually helps other victims in jail and helps defending them with their, their cases. Okay. Um, and giving what came across as a very heartfelt apology to Maddie's family, which you can find a, the full apology on YouTube. It looked like he had a real chance to walk free. Maddie's family still reeling from everything from so many years down the road. It's just still feeling so fresh. Mm -hmm. They were left waiting and wondering if the person who killed Maddie would soon be walking free. Really? After not serving much time. Yeah. But the judge cited the fact that Josh had been able to commit such a brutal crime when he was only a minor himself as the reason why he believed that Josh's sentence should be upheld. Josh had a perfect track record in prison and was a model prisoner, but it wasn't enough to erase the lasting repercussions of what he had done or to minimize the potential for him to commit a similar crime again. So behind bars is where Josh will stay until the day he dies. Really? He won't be getting out. There could, I still feel like he might have the chance. Life without parole has been upheld. Wow. So that's back, honestly a little surprising to me too, but okay, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Backtracking a little bit when we were kind of trying to dissect Josh's thought process, like why he was doing this and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. We talked about his plans or like what he was going to do. Yeah. Um, taking a direct quote from Josh's apology in court. I don't want, I thought about playing the whole thing, but I don't want to give him that, that credit. I don't want to give him that voice. If you want to search it out, it is worth listening to, but I don't want to give him the, the platform, if that okay, makes sense. that's fair. Um, but I do want to quote it. Josh, in his apology, said this. I had no clue what life meant, what death meant. And I think he's being sincere there. I mm -hmm. don't think he really understood what- No, I agree. The repercussions of what he was doing. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And that's why I'm a little bit surprised that he has- I mean, absolutely no chance of getting out. Well, and that's why it's now unconstitutional to uh, life without parole for for kids, basically, right? Yeah. However, I mean, that's a horrific fucking crime. It's very horrific, and I I know he has to, he needs to serve an adequate amount of time. That's not what I'm saying here, but it's just he could do a lot of rehabilitation in in that he time. Could. He could, but where's the justice then? Oh, I, I see I both. I struggle with that. So do I. I see both sides to this coin, and both arguments are valid. I, I, may, I might get flack for saying that, but I mean, there is there is some points to Josh being released. I do see it. Not that I think he should. I think he should fucking rot. He did a horrible yeah. thing. Like I'm talking not until he's like maybe 40s or 50s kind oh, of thing. Oh, later than that. Like he has to go through and really I understand what he did and, and they got to make sure that he's not going to reoffend. But that's a, when you're that young, yeah. that's a very long time to spend in your whole life in jail. That's true. But I think if, and I'm only talking hypothetical here, if 
an individual like this was able to get parole. The strict regimen and criteria they would have to meet before getting parole would be insane. I don't Mm -hmm. think anyone would be able to meet that by the age of 40 or 50, in my opinion. I think it would have to be much later in life. Okay. Well, I mean, like you said there, that he has the perfect record and in jail and he's seeming like he's getting an education of sorts as well. So that did impress me. I did. And that's, that's what they were relying on his, in his defense. They were relying on him being impressive as a, an inmate. Look, he's perfect now. He's good. He's, but he's not. Yeah. Is he, he'd never be perfect with what he did. He had done. Look at his childhood. Exactly what we were talking about at the very beginning. In fact, you said Uh, it. I did. This is the point where you're like, remember why you said. Yeah. He Shit, learned yeah. to please those around him. Yeah. Maybe that's exactly what he's doing. He's, he's surviving learning, in prison. And he's learning to please those around him to get what he wants. Oh my gosh. This case is horrid. Isn't it? It's fucked up. This is horrible. <laughs> I'm done with this. Thanks, patrons. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love you guys. <laughs> Yeah, but this this was a fucking wow, rough case. This is unbelievable. Yeah, so that is the case of Maddie Clifton, the eight-year-old who oh. lost her life in such a tragic way. It's it's an, just this whole thing is just enough to make you ill. Yeah. Whether wow. whether Josh is telling the truth, the full truth, and nothing but the truth on exactly what happened or not, he might be hiding some more horrific things that occurred. It's a terrible way to, to go either way, whether it was something that did get out of hand or not. It's well, horrific. And honestly, if it wasn't Maddie, it very well could have been something else later. Yeah. You said that there was some weird shit on his computer, right? Well, there is one final thing. And I heard this in a couple other podcasts, but I couldn't find any information on it. So I, I didn't put it in my notes because I couldn't come up with the facts for it. So here we are at the end. So I'm, I'm going to mention it. So if you guys want to see if you can find the info on it, go for it. Um, there was some talk about there being peepholes found in Jessica's room. Hmm. Some holes drilled in walls or something like that, which could not be rooted back to Joshua, but potentially it was their thinking. Really? But again, I've only heard conversations about it. That far-fetched to me. It does. Like someone's going to fucking notice if there's like holes in their wall. Yeah. From like the outside. There's be drafty and shit. I don't know. I find that hard to believe. But I don't know. This, I don't know. Weirder shit's happened. That's true. But if you guys find that information, share it with us. We, we'd love to see it. I, I scoured. I couldn't find any. Hmm. Maybe I was just typing in the wrong thing. I don't know. I don't exactly want to type in stuff like 14-year-old boy spying on 8-year-old girl. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. Our freaking search histories are, <laughs> or I mean, mine wouldn't even be surprised yeah. if I type something like that in, I don't think. Oh, sorry. It was 14-year-old boy spying on 11-year-old girl because Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like but yeah, that's brutal. not any better. Just brutal. Yeah. Well, well done. I mean, I think now you need to just try to get a good night's sleep. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do. Um, over on Patreon, we're going to do another poll for another case, mm-hmm. lighthearted case. 
I know. Because wasn't I, I was just, I was saying the other day, we need to find another one like our maple syrup heist. Yeah. I don't think there's any other case out there like the maple syrup case. <laughs> that one was so good. I'm actually still obsessed with that one. That one. That's the most Canadian thing ever. Millions of dollars stolen in maple syrup. It was so fun. That one was fun. Um. So yeah, if you guys have any case like that, maybe where someone doesn't die we'd look maybe that's what we'll we'll find on patreon okay. we'll see if we can come down the pipe something like that soon because survivor stories and stuff are nice too but lots of times they're pretty bad too oh yeah they can be absolutely horrific like, really bad well there there's as far as i'm concerned you can i mean there, there could be more categories but the the basic categories are it's, it's someone dies a survivor and then it's like just random crimes like theft and stuff those are the three like crime cases mm-hmm. other than that you can get down to like i mean of course you can kidnappings and rape and all this sort of cult stuff blah 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 but i think those are like the three basic categories of crimes and yeah i think i want to cover maybe not a a survivor or not a murder just a like a bank robbery or something <laughs> you know bank i like how that is lighthearted. let's just talk about someone toting guns and stealing money that's that's a light-hearted story for well, us i just i can't even really see how that would be a very good story but who knows there's yeah. probably something out there well there was i don't know if i want to do it because it is fairly fresh and i don't know if the guy has gone to trial yet but there was that one that came up i think it was 2022 maybe late 2021 that like um the 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 tinder swindler Remember that one where the dude like swindled a bunch of money out of these women on the Tinder app? Oh, yeah. That one might be a good one to do, but I don't know if he's seen trial yet. Yeah, it's pretty fresh, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, but so that's kind of like an example of what we're looking for. Yeah. There Not we that, go. I mean, it, people got fucked, but people didn't physically get harmed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. something like that. There we go. Where people aren't dying horrifically. Yeah. Um, we'll see if we can do a couple of those, maybe. Yes. I think we need to come up with a few more of those in the future here. The near future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all that aside, if you want to go over on Patreon and maybe take part in this poll, if you have a case, um, head over to Patreon. Link is in our description. You can get some extra behind the scenes content, a extra episode at the end of each month. Or even if you don't want to do that, you can just shoot us an email or a message or something. That'd be mm-hmm. cool too. Um, if you really want to be nice to us, you absolutely want to get in our good books you can leave us a good review those are awesome those are awesome like absolutely amazing we wicked do, we do read every single one of them by the way we do so and there's been some doozies so we <laughs> asked that you leave us like a good review i actually thought recently maybe we should do a youtube video of us reading some of our bad oh reviews. man i have some horrible ones though I mean, okay, but if you're still listening at this point, I do think that you really like us. So please leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay. Well, maybe that's that's our cue to, to shut up and yeah. let you be on your day. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for listening this far. If you have, uh, hopefully, you're a true rock star. Yes. Hopefully um, you're able to sleep well at night while listening through this whole story. Uh, I was absolutely terrible. Yeah. So. Well, well done. And until next time. Stay wicked. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.